And that's it. We are here. And we're here with Paula. Uh, Paula is the executive director of the NCH Safe and Healthy Children's Coalition. She's on the board of the National Johnny Prevention Alliance. She's worked in public health and safety for a long time, uh, despite the fact that she's only at least 22 years old, probably. And (laughs) it's weird because you have like 15 years of experience, but you're clearly 23. So that's super strange. (laughs) And, uh, and, and yeah, and she's also now, I don't know if I said this already, on the board of the NDPA, which I used to be on as well. That's super exciting. I'm sorry that we miss each other. And yes. I think you may have taken my spot, actually, which is kind of cool. Maybe, maybe I did. I think yeah. I did. You step down and I step up. Yeah, that's exciting. <laughs> yes. That's kind of cool. No, not really. I wish that you were still with you. <laughs> well, if anyone is going to take my spot, you're you're a great choice. So that's, that's awesome. Um, <laughs> and we met, and we actually we met at the NDPA, right? Yes. Yeah, I think the one when it was hosted in Orlando a couple of years ago. Okay. And, uh, and then, of course, through social media and Paul DeMello. Right. Um, yes. Yeah, that's right. Paul DeMello, I think, was a big part because you work with him a lot over there, right? Yes, yes. He comes to our drowning prevention uh, coalition meetings. And, and every time that we have a family that needs a fence, we always refer, um, you know, to you guys. Nice. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. For anyone who doesn't know, Paul DeMello started the Just Against Children Drowning nonprofit after his two twins fatally drowned in a swimming pool. Um, they were not at his home at the time and they both drowned. They were being supervised by somebody else. And um, someone who, by the way, didn't check the pool first. I think that's one of the, the major lessons there. And he he believes that if there had been a barrier, like a pool fence between the home and the pool, that that would have saved his two children, Joshua and Christian. And so what he does is he, um, learned how to install pool fencing himself, which is actually really cool. He yeah. f- came over to Delray Beach. He took the classes. He practiced. Um, he calls my brother, who is a, a master pool fence installer, all the time for advice. And he figured it out so that he can go out and install pool fences for families in need, families who have experienced some kind of drowning tragedy, uh, and just anybody who who wants a pool fence. So, yeah. you know, in the Cape Coral, Fort Myers, Naples area over there. Yeah, and oh, he's yeah. just... He's so knowledgeable and, of course, his passion. And, and definitely Christian and Joshua, the two twins, I know they, you know, because of his hard work, you know, they are saving a lot of lives. And, and we love what Lifesaver Pool Fence uh, means and, and, uh, and also what he does. And I know he got some funding from a donation that we have. Uh, and we have tried to have the, the permanent children and families or other agencies that work with families that have had maybe a little bit of a history to see if they is a way for for Paul to install uh, an alarm for free, uh, really cool. a fence for free. Yes, that's awesome. Um, yes, he's just uh, wonderful and very blessed that he's so close to us. And and we do a vigil to remember the the twin boys at uh, the first at uh, the second. Uh, Friday of every January, uh, we do a video here in Naples, and also we remember the children that have drowned in Collier County. But it's more, you know, for the two, uh, for Josh and Christian. And I know his um, his bike event too is coming up. I don't I, know. It was already it happened. Oh, it already uh, happened. Yes, the 19th, December 19th, where he raffled the bike and a, a very lucky person got the beautiful I, custom bike. I think he's doing it again. There's another one coming. I think it's in oh, okay. June. I know okay. because. Because I bought a lot of raffle tickets, so I'm oh, okay. I'm excited. I think I have a good yes. shot, which is hilarious because there is no way I can ride a motorcycle. Um, <laughs> but but I, I still bought ten tickets because I thought it was or tw- I think I bought twenty tickets. It was oh wow, yeah. Um, 
just because I, you know, I love Paul and uh, yeah. you know, everything he does. And I thought it'd be funny if I won because I'd probably <laughs> piss people off. Um, no. yeah. <laughs> It'd be great. Like, he can't even ride the bike. What's he doing? <laughs> it's ridiculous. Um, it is a gorgeous bike, though. It's amazing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yes. My uh, my roommate is uh, big into riding motorcycles. So if, if I win it, she will probably end up getting the bike. So that would be cool. Oh, nice. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, awesome. So... Um, tell me, you know, kind of the, the history of where you came from, um, how you, the course that led you to what you're doing now, what kind of drew you to the, you know, the sector that you've ended up in and, you know, and kind of, you know, your, your mini, you know, three minute life history. Okay. Yes. Uh, as you can tell, I'm not from the United States. I'm from Bogota, Colombia. What? I, thought uh, you were, is... I thought you were clearly Australian. Yeah, I, I was raised, I was born and raised in Bogota, Colombia, and then in 1996, um, I decided to, came, to come to the United States just to learn English, which okay. I'm still trying to do, um, and to, only for a year, uh, I was studying psychology in Colombia, and then um, I met somebody, and then, you know, I'm still here. Uh, I, you know, was very fortunate that I was able to transfer all my credits and I was able to finish my bachelor's degree in psychology here in, um, in Southwest Florida. Um, in 201999, I started working in public health for the Department of Health here in Collier County. And I was running the tobacco prevention program, uh, which it was very successful of the tobacco settlement so, that so Florida what? received. So yes. your, your, your degree was in psychology, right? In psychology, yep. So, and so, I, so how did yeah. you make the jump from psychology to public health? I know that is a very interesting. When I uh, I started working in the local mental health organization here in Naples, doing substance abuse and anger management, and running some youth uh, groups, mm -hmm. and I enjoy it. But I, you know, it was something for me that was pushing me to do more prevention. That I wanted to do more towards prevention, and I got involved with the Tobacco Free Partnership Coalition. Okay. And that is where I kind of got, you know, directed to public health. Um, my, the person who was running the tobacco prevention program retired and I took his job. And oh, then nice. uh, the, the beauty about the public health is that, yeah, I was coordinator of the tobacco prevention program, but our job in public health changed depending on the public health emergency. Like we were doing a lot of uh, hurricane preparedness and um, which, you know, and also we always knew about drowning, but, you know, but the Department of Health in Tallahassee was doing some project. But in 2009, after H1N1 was over, uh, the Department of Health director uh, said, Paula, let's figure out what was happening because we had two drowning deaths in Marco Island within uh, three months apart. And, um, and what I did was after H21 was over in 2010, in the spring of 2010, we created a task force uh, to see what was being done in Collier County. Because one of the things that we always said is that we didn't want to duplicate uh, initiatives or programs. And that is what we kind of create kind of the call to action to get um, you know, the agencies together, like the YMCA's, Parks and Recreation, the Fire Department, EMS, and the two hospitals. And after meeting for a couple uh, times, we realized that there were wonderful programs to teach children how to swim, but it was not a countywide initiative. And that is the reason why we decided to form the coalition. And we uh, got together with Kim Burgess um, when she was in, in Broward, leading the, the task force for drowning prevention in, in, in Broward. 
And also she talked to us about NDPA. Mm -hmm. And then from the beginning, we said, let's see what it has been done with a great success in other communities. Let's don't reinvent the wheel. Let's see what it will uh, has worked in other communities and bring it to Collier and see if it works. We went to Broward many times and then uh, they came to Naples many times. But um, one of the other things that we said was we wanted to be data driven. We did not want it just to say, yeah, we have a drowning issue and let's do these programs. We said, let's figure out who are the children uh, who are drowning in in the locations uh, of the county to try to, to be more targeting uh, and hopefully prevent these tra horrible tragedies. We um, created a wonderful partnership with the medical examiner. And also because I was working for the Department of Health, I had the access of vital statistics data. But we, we, we thought that we needed to have different sources for data. And that is why we work with the medical examiner. And I spent in 2010, maybe like three months in their office going through all the files um, of the these cases. And it was not what, just drowning. It, just, yes. just just trying to determine what caused them or what, what were you looking for? Yeah, what caused them and kind of get to like information where the Hispanics, where um, they were pool, residential pools that were in a pool party. But also it was five and under, where all five and under um, children that have died in Collier County. So, so what, and then, what, what kind of did you, when you did that, what did you, was there anything surprising that came from that? Like one of the things that we were completely surprised, and then we asked 18 and under for all the data for right. the Science 2000. Uh, we were completely surprised that um, under the age of 18, the leading cause of death, according to the medical examiner, was what it used to be SIDS. Now it's called SUET, Southern Unexpected Infant Death Syndrome. That was something that we were completely surprised. We were not even aware that the number was that high. And then we find out that across the state and the nation is the numbers are very high. Well, so, um, so, yes. so does Collier County have a disproportionate number of SIDS deaths? No, it's, 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 it's very similar what you see around the, the state and the nation. Uh, I okay. feel that you know those deaths you don't you don't hear too much about those in the media. Right. In uh, a lot of times, uh, because of the investigations from the medical examiner and also the law enforcement, they are realizing that a lot of times these deaths are related to suffocation and asphyxia. It, there are still some that they are uh, undetermined. That is no a reason why this baby died, but the majority of the times are related to asphyxia, unsafe sleep practices that the babies are sleeping in their tummies with blankets or or co-sleeping with their you know parents. So for anybody who doesn't know, can you explain uh, what SIDS is and kind of maybe how, how it's, obviously we don't know fully how it's caused all the time, but you know, some background yeah. info on SIDS. Yeah, the is, you know, uh, is, and again, like I said to, to you before, that uh, is the leading cause of death of children under the age of 18 here in Collier County. And I will say, if you look at the Department of Children's Family or Charts data, you will see that is also a very high number for babies that, that die during a sleep. And um, most of the times these deaths, what we have seen is that are related when, because the babies are not able to breathe. They, so so is it, is it yes. children under 18 years or 18 months? 18, we, when we, 18 years. Okay. Uh, wow. okay. You know, the, the, the three leading causes here in Collier County are suits, drowning, and then motor vehicle accidents, and then okay. overdose, and, um, and the other ones that you will think, you know, that are related. I mean, the two leading causes here in Collier County, according to the medical examiner, uh, are the suits and the drowning.
However, not all the, the deaths go to the medical examiner. I don't know if people are aware that the only cases that go to the medical examiner are the ones when the investigators or the doctors doesn't feel comfortable to, especially the doctors. A lot of the natural cases, like cancer-related, do not go to the medical examiner. This is the ones that go, especially the natural cases, are related when the doctors don't feel comfortable to sign the death certificate. But all injury, accidental, you know, go to the medical examiners. So, office. so it was since SIDS, and now it's SUIDS. Is that right? Yeah, it's a sudden unexpected infant death syndrome. Unexpected. Is the, the, the name? Yes, okay. unexpected. Um, but you know, the 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 CDC and the all the experts around the nation, the recommendation is that the babies should always sleep by themselves, facing up. No blanket, no blankets or baby bumpers or anything that is going to um, block for them to be able to breathe. There's still, like you said, in some cases, still no reason why babies die uh, because a lot of times we, uh, you know, when I, I know when we were babies, we were face down. That is what the protocol was. But that change and since that change, the deaths of that has come down because now the babies are facing up. However, the, the suffocation uh, deaths are, are increasing because a lot of parents are sleeping with their babies and babies are going to sleep longer uh, next to the mom, you know, but it's not the safest way um, because, you know, we, the moms or, or the parents are going to fall asleep deeply because they are going to be super tired and you don't know if you're going to be roll over the, the baby. That is the safest place is the baby by itself in, in a crib or pack and play with no blankets and no stuffed animals. And, um, but yes, and then drowning. Um, well, I was, was wow. gonna say real quick. Yeah, I mean, um, I know that everyone I know who has a baby is terrified of SIDS because it is sudden mm -hmm. and unexpected and mm -hmm. it just kind of happens, right? Um, my, mm -hmm. my brother had a, a boy about a year and a half ago and yeah, he, he, he admitted that he was, um, you know, scared the crap out of him that, you know, yeah. his baby could just die in the middle of the night for no reason. Um, yeah. you know, he, fa he found himself, you know, listening to the breathing monitor just to make sure he's breathing, you know, all the time because yeah. Yeah. you know, you hear these stories and, you yeah, know, like and the, and the protocol for it goes against the, you know, what you think you should do for a baby, right? You think you should give it pillows and blankets and, you know, make sure it's yeah. comfortable and all snuggled up in a, you know, a nice, happy, safe environment. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it doesn't, um, common sense doesn't dictate what the actual protocol is, so it's probably hard. Yeah, for and, and that is and that is why it's, you know research and in 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 what the investigations are learning is definitely what is saving children's lives. Like the same thing with drowning prevention. You know, now we know that the multiple layers are is what is going to help a family you know to go through this tragedy. Before we didn't know that. Like when when I was doing tobacco prevention, for me it was like let's teach children how to swim. And right. kind of that's it, but that is not enough, as we all know. Sure. Um, and I think that is what is important about the, the research and the continued research, you know, and follow what the experts, you know, recommend. Do you have children yourself? Yes, I have two. I have a, a thirteen-year-old girl and a ten-year-year-old boy. Does the uh, in my the, yes? I was gonna say, does all the stuff you learn make you um, extra paranoid about your kids? Oh yeah, completely. Yes, like I, I think my friends don't like me to come around, especially when we have a pool party, because I, I'm just, yeah, I'm not. 
<laughs> I'm always paranoid. And my daughter, my daughter, when she was three, she almost drowned. Oh, wow. um, you know, I didn't know nothing about, you know, water safety. Uh, she almost knew how to swim. Uh, she had the water wings, which we know is the worst invention. Right. Uh, and I was, we were in a pool party. I was chasing my son who was one at that time. I was not watching my daughter because I was like, she almost know how to swim and she has water wings. She got out of the pool, removed the water wings because she wanted to eat something, forgot that she had the water wings, that she didn't have the water wings and jumped to the deep end of the pool. And if it wasn't for another adult that was walking at the moment, um, yeah, it's just every time that I think about it, it just, that shows you how quick and how easy, you know, it can happen. And that is why we need to continue to educate the families about the layers of protection. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people realize how fast it can happen uh, and that it's yeah. quiet and that it doesn't look like it does in movies. And, you know, there's all yeah. these misconceptions about drowning that, you know, are propagated by the media through, you know, through movies and TV and just through what people think it would look like. Um, and it's interesting that drowning doesn't get the same amount of media coverage as a lot of yeah. other things do, despite yeah. the the high death numbers um, that come from it. You know, it's kind of a- Yeah, that oh. is always my question. It's like, why? It's because maybe we don't have the big lovers. What is it? Why, you know, uh, last year, this year reported 82 deaths. So far, 35 deaths in Florida has been reported by DCF. And yeah, we hear once in a while, but no, we do not hear it like it should be. Um, right. I mean, so if, it was, yes. if it was a new disease, like an H1N1, right? Oh, yeah. Kill, yeah. Killed yeah. 35 yeah. kids this year in Florida. Yeah. Um, it yeah. would be all we'd hear about, right? Yes, yes, yeah. yes. Oh, like the babies, which is tragedies, the babies that are left inside cars. Right. Yes, we have those tragedies, but I don't know what is the number, but I believe what I saw recently has been seven in the entire nation. And I don't know how many drownings we have had so far in the entire nation, but at least in Florida has been already 35. Yeah. It's just, it's just uh, the numbers are just, and, and that is something that maybe one day we will get more lobbyists and, and more people to, to, to talk more about it in the public. You know, I think um, one of the reasons why like the pediatric vehicular uh, heat stroke deaths get more attention than drownings is because they are more rare, you know, so that makes them more, mm -hmm more newsworthy, right? They're special. It doesn't happen every day. Um, so it's kind of a weird catch 22 that because so many children do drown, it gets less news coverage. It's a strange, yeah. um, it's a strange conundrum. And and by the yeah. way, with the, um, infant car seat deaths, I, I have been, I, I think about them a lot actually. And I, I've decided that I think that the correct solution for them, um, it, nobody is doing it. And I, I think the right thing to do is implement a technology not that reminds the parent, which is what everything has been geared for right now, um, mm -hmm. but instead rolls the window down in the car. Um, if you roll the window down in the car, you bring the, the car to the ambient temperature of outside uh, and then also set off a car alarm. So roll the window down and then set the car alarm off, hopefully like a different noise so people know. Um, okay. I, I think that would fix the problem, I really do. Um, I, I think if there was a technology that you know, instead of trying to ring somebody's cell phone or, you know, remind the, the mom to check the back seat, um, I think instead if it was temperature, uh, a temperature sensor, and if it, you know, got to a certain level, the windows rolled down, you know, I think that would yeah. probably be a better solution. And I'm not sure anybody else is, you know, doing that yet. Um, yeah, no, I uh, have not heard. Yes. 
but I wanted to say um, Stephanie Marie Robertson. Um, do you know her, Stephanie Marie Robertson? I'm um, most likely. I bet I do if yeah, I see her on uh, face. Yes. Yeah, she's with Nathan's Water Wings. She wanted to let you know that okay. uh, in New Jersey, all minors go automatically to the medical examiner, uh, regardless oh, okay. of religion okay. or you know accident. And she also says that on TV in New Jersey, they're getting a lot more involved with drowning and showing and talking about it on the news, but still oh. uh, not as much as possible. And and she said that when her son Nathan drowned, that he was a breaking news story on every station. Um, so that's probably good and bad. So I guess up in the northeast they're getting better about it. Is you know. like you know I, I was I drove to to New, to Massachusetts two years ago, and when we were going through New Jersey and also to New York, the two boats you know uh, they had a drowning prevention poster. Wow! Uh, I think that, yeah, which I was like I took a picture and I said, look at how awesome is this marketing because everybody has to stop. And most likely it's going to be a line for you to pay the, the toll booth. And right. everybody was seeing, had to read that. It was amazing, amazing. Uh, you know, definitely you can tell that the Near East is doing wonderful things. And, and of course, we know like the SAC Foundation, Stu Learner, Stu with the Dog, they are wonderful organizations. The Near East doing amazing things. So why were you driving up to Massachusetts? Uh, my family, my family-in-law. Okay. No, gotcha. my Colombia family. My okay. my husband's family is from Massachusetts. That, that is a long drive. Yeah, it was a long drive. Yeah, it was the first time, and I don't know if we are going to do it again. It was fun for the kids. I was gonna say, especially with two fun. kids. That's yeah. So yes. the the NCH Self and Healthy Children's Coalition. Did I get it right that time? Yes. Yep. Yeah, you awesome. got it right. <laughs> yes. Um, what does NCH stand for? NCH is the local hospital. Is the NCH healthcare system. Um, when we started the coalition, um, like Safe Kids, Safe Kids is usually led by hospitals. We desire that um, the coalition should be led by, by a hospital. And we had the two hospitals involved, Physicians Regional and NCH. But NCH said we would, that they would be happy to take the lead. And Physicians Regional said we are happy that NCH does, takes the lead. And we still have them in our board, you know, because if a real coalition uh, has to have everyone representative from the county, and we have been done it like that. But, you know, going back, yes, we started the coalition in 2010. We saw the data from the medical examiner. We met with the Broward Tax Force for Drowning Prevention. Mm -hmm. They actually came in the September 2010. We did like a call to action meeting where we had county commissioners, school board members, and physicians. And we said, okay, we have a problem with drowning prevention. This is the numbers. This is the children that are drowning in our community. It's 100% preventable, but we need a community to be behind. And that is when uh, the coalition was formed. And um, Kim Burgess, she uh, shared with us their strategic plan. And we kind of took some of their ideas and started implementing it. Things that we knew that was going to be easy, knowing that in the future we wanted to implement more programs. The first program that we implemented was the Water Smart Baby booklets with the pediatricians. Uh, Joe DiMaggio Hospital from Broward, they give us the InDesign file. And then we just 
edited with information locally. And we had one of our champions, Dr. Todd Vetter, uh, a local pediatrician, was the one that helped us to get to all the pediatricians in town. The other thing was fund, raising funds because we knew that we wanted to have an executive director. And we were able to raise funds through different grants and in, in, um, in fundraising events. And I was hired in 2011 to be the executive director. And also uh, we had enough funds to do Swim Central, which is a program form in Broward where they take uh, children, more kinder and first graders to an aquatic facility for 10 days. Uh, wow. For us... For, for us, you know, we approach our school district, but our school district, the, the kids, they have a block scheduling and we don't have that many pools like Broward does. Uh, that means we desire to go to the younger kids, uh, to the preschoolers, three and up, which are the age closer to the children who are drowning. And as of today, we have taught uh, more than 5,500 children uh, how to swim through Swim Central, the, the Naples Children Education Foundation, who are the founders of the Winter Wine Festival, one of the most successful fundraisers in the world. They give us money every year to do around 1,100 children wow. um, to do Swim Central. Um, oh, that's, another, um, that's really cool. So yeah. um, to back up a little bit, I thought it was neat. So you were involved with the coalition before you were directing it, right? Yes, I was one of the founders with a couple of the local physicians and EMS and fire department. And then when we had enough funding, um, I decided that that was going to be my new passion about drowning. Um, so you, so you, kind of, you kind of made your own job. Uh, yeah, I did. Yeah. I did. I was very, very fortunate. But it was, I will tell you that the success of the coalition has been the collaboration of so many of agencies working together. And always, and always, you know, to, to be from the beginning, if you have one agency, you have to have the other one. Of like course. in the case of the hospital, yeah, the lead agency is NCH, but NCH is completely fine for us to have a representative from Physicians Regional. And so also to be data driven. Yes. So does NCH stand for something Children's Hospital or is it? No, no, it's NCH Healthcare System. It used to be Naples Community Hospital. There it is. Okay. Um, okay. Yes, but now it's NCH Healthcare System, uh, but it's NCH Safe and Healthy Children's Coalition. It's, NCH is the only place that is a birthplace and they have a pediatric ER in a pediatric intensive care unit. That means NCH definitely sees the value to hopefully prevent children to go to, to the hospital. So, so you've talked a lot about being data driven. Um, you know, is that kind of the, the model you guys follow, or is there a, a set system you you guys do to run the coalition? Yeah, like, like yes, like every every January we get the data from the medical examiner, and um, one of the the new things that we just did was we asked the sheriff's office and the medical examiner to go back onto 2012 and tell us how many, of, if there were any reports in those cases, if CPR was performed or not on scene and who performed CPR, if it was the parents or the caretakers or it was the, um, the first responders, because we just want to, you know, to see, you know, if CPR could have done some, they done anything done, you know, different with the outcome. Uh, but yeah, like one of the things that uh, I was not aware, and I'm Hispanic, I was not aware that minority kids, you know, don't know how to swim. That was something that through the data, I was able to to find out and I was completely surprised. And then we uh, realized that one of our only local high schools that uh, 
across the street has a community pool because none of our high schools have a community pool, have pools in their campuses. Uh, and they don't teach the kids how to swim in the, in the, in the schools because they don't have the pools. That high school is in a minority migrant community. That high school is the only one that the kids can walk to a community pool. They don't have a swimming team. And 80% of the kids are Hispanics. And we had a drowning of two Hispanic brothers in 2011. They were fishing in Everglades City and the net got caught in a rock and one of the brothers jumped to get the net and start drowning and the other one jumped and tried to save him, the two of them drowned. Um, and that is the reason with the data, we Swim Central, we only concentrate in the areas where the highest rate of drownings are happening. And a lot of them are in minority, low-income communities. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And I think you're right that a lot of people don't realize, you know, how disproportionately drowning affects uh, minorities across the board, you know, Hispanics, um, African-Americans, it's, uh, it's, it's seriously a problem. And, yeah. you know, I think, like you said, a, a lot of it is, you know, not access to pools. Um, I think there's a bunch of factors, but, you know, if, if yeah, you know it, you, you, can't, you, can't, you can't address it until you know it, right? And so that data exactly. is obviously exactly. crucial. Yeah. Like for us, for us, it's no lack of access because we have that school that has that community pool. Right. So we have River Park uh, Aquatics is in the middle of uh, Naples. But it's around to a Section 8 housing with a, a lot of African Americans and Hispanics live. Most of these families don't use the pool. The pool is there and the pool is free, but they are not using it. It's just, and it's just, it's a lot of factors that I know um, a lot of universities have done a great job about African Americans, but about Hispanics is not that much uh, research out there. And that is something that I have expressed an interest and in. I have talked with different universities and, and we will see, you know, well, it could happen because here in Naples, Florida, the minority kids that are drowning are the Hispanics because, again, that is our uh, big minority group is Hispanics. Um, so was there any other data that was surprising to you? Uh, the other one was the, 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 the location, uh, the number one location where the drownings happened were residential pools. The second location were related to motor vehicle accidents going to a canal. Uh, that was something that we knew that that was high. And again, this is 18 and under. And, uh, and because of that, we uh, partnered with Dr. Gordon Ginsberg. He's a world, world expert in Manitoba University in Canada. And we did a submerged vehicle exercise with our first responders back in 2013. And um, NBC, ABC News, the Nani News, and Diane Sawyer team came and covered the story. And now we know what is the protocol to get out of a vehicle. And every time that we do a presentation, we now include that. Uh, because before, uh, we had a mom and two daughters driving Alligator Alley, and she got in a car accident. The car went to a canal in an area where it was no offense. And uh, the three of them died. And the three, the, the, the reasons for them was drowning. After that incident, that is when the coalition said, we need to do something because I didn't know what was the protocol. You always hear you need to let the car fill with water and that way you're able to open the windows, which is a completely false and it's a myth. And the, and the protocol is that you need to get your seatbelts out, roll the window, break the window, get the children out and then call 911. Never call 911 when you are in, um, in the situation because you're wasting your time. Um, and another, another case that it was kind of similar was um, 
in 2014, the Friday before 4th of July, we had a drowning death in, a, in the only lake that people can swim. And it was a Hispanic family doing, uh, after a barbecue, the little girl was left by herself where the parents were cleaning. And there were a boat, couple boats and the waves got the little girl in, uh, to the water and she unfortunately drowned. We did like a, an, a um, like call to action meeting, and that is we we do that a lot. A call to action meeting when a tragedy like that happens, and then we said, okay, that lake is not going to have um, lifeguards twenty four seven. The lifeguards have left. Uh, what we could have done, you know, to could have prevented, of course, education, continue education, but then we say life jackets. And um, we started looking all around the nation, and then we found that Alaska has a program that is called Kids Don't Float, Life Jackets Do. And that is more for both related um, for the children and the, and the parents to wear life jackets in the boat. We contact them, um, and then they give us all the graphics, and we ask, can we use the same name? And we did, we, you know, the graphics, we just added palm trees because of course Alaska doesn't have the palm trees. <laughs> and then um, we implemented it now 15 of these life jackets, loaner stations. And the US Coast Guard auxiliaries are the ones who volunteer the time every week to check the condition of the life jackets. And, and we see like people ta tag us through hashtags and we see the life jackets being used you know, all the time. And we replace them uh, every seven months because they are 24 seven under the sun. Um, but that is another layer now that we have implemented and was due uh, because of the drowning death of this little girl in the lake. And then none of our beaches have lifeguards and they are never going to have lifeguards. Uh, what we have been told. At least now, the, the the public beaches now have the life jackets, loaner stations. So, um, do you know Jerry Dworkin? Mm, Jerry. Uh, Jerry Dworkin, um, he heads up Life Saving Resources, and he does a lot of ice rescue training and okay. uh, um, water training simulations for paramedics and firefighters. You know, he teaches them how to you know rescue somebody in a river or you know if they fall oh. through the ice and that kind of thing. Um, he I had him on. He was my second guest, actually, ever on the show. Okay, and to listen. You should, but, but you should because he, he had this really interesting data about um, people who are drowning in cars, and new cars have a different kind of laminated window yeah, that you can't yeah, you, yeah. you can't break open. Um, yeah, not only can yeah. you not break it open, but paramedics yeah. and firefighters can't break it open either. They have to use a saw to cut it open. Um, yeah. So yeah. You know, it was, yeah, we I, used to. I, yeah, you are. I'm glad that you mentioned that yeah, because you, we you used to, to break open the window, and those don't work anymore. Yeah, yeah, the rescue me tools, and we stopped doing those or selling them or telling people because for that reason, in 2014, the some of the car manufacturers, especially the luxury cars, mm -hmm. changed the the windows. And like you said, a lot of first responders are not able to break them. Right. I have been told, right. however, I have not seen any data or anything that says it. But I have been told that the the car manufacturers are going back to the old windows. However, I have not seen anything in writing. And when we do a presentation, we always say that too. We do that disclaimer. Right. We said we don't know if these tools, especially the rescue me tool, is the one that that we recommend. Um, you know, we don't know if it's going to work if your car has the new windows. Right. Um, and that, I but that I would love to talk to him. Yes, I would love to, because I have been told that um, that 
the, 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 the cars that went to the laminated windows now are going back because the, the first responders, I guess, around the nation have said that, that they are not able now to save people in a car accidents because they are not able to get them through the windows. Right. And uh, because- it's hard to even, yeah, they can't even break. There's no way to break the window. Even if they had, you know, yeah. something heavy or hard, they literally have to yeah. saw the window open because the yeah. windows now are yeah. you know, protected, which um, mm-hmm. I think it was done for impact resistance and to make, you know, car yeah. accidents safer, you know, but yeah. a, a side effect of that is, you know, if a car goes underwater, you know, that's, that's it, yeah. you know. Or if the car is in fire, you cannot get the, or, oh, the yeah. first responders cannot get them out. It's just, I yeah, didn't think yeah, of that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah, but yeah, we'll be definitely, I'm going to reach out to him because maybe he has more information about that uh, mm-hmm. because yes, we have heard about, uh, you know, the laminated windows yeah. um, in, in, in the issue of not be able to break it. Right. And, yes. you know, underwater, you can't use an electric saw so that it has to be a, a manual saw yeah. to saw it open, you know, you know yeah. a big problem. And I'm glad to hear, yeah. I didn't know that they were going to go back. That's exciting. That um, is what I, but I, like I said to you, right, I have you not right, just a rumor. official. Yeah. Word of mouth, like the, the tone company that allow us to use the car that we use to the submerged vehicle exercise that we did with Dr. Ginsburg. He goes to a lot of uh, national conventions and he was the one who told me about it, that okay. he have heard some of these national conventions that the manufacturers were going back uh, to that. But he has no able to find nothing in writing and the same thing I have not. Uh, that would be maybe, you know, something in the summer, a research that we can try to figure out. Right. Yes. So what other events and programs are you guys doing? Like we, we have, you know, we follow what, you know, NDPA says the layers of protection that no one, um, you know, layers going to save a family uh, for going through this horrible tragedy. And that is what, you know, we do the, the, you know, the water watchers and every time that we pull safely, which are wonderful organization, we order those yeah. water watches for free and you know, provide uh, every time we provide uh, information about it. Yes. Uh, um, a little bit of uh, trivia. Um, we, uh, Lifesaver, uh, specifically my dad, um, coined the term literature protection in 1987 um, oh. when it came to water safety. Um, he wow. wrote, yeah, he wrote a book called Summertime Fun, Year-Round Danger, um, how to use okay. literature protection to protect your pool. And, and that was the first time that layers of protection was ever used in print. What use? And he, he, he said it in, you know, in person at a, at a meeting with the Consumer Product Safety Commission and the Broward County Health Department in the, the mid 80s. And that's, that's where it came from. Is, uh, wow, is, is, is thank you for him. sharing that. Yeah, kind of cool, right? And which year was that? Yes, um, he, which he, year was that? He, he said it first in 1987 and then wrote it in 1989. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, wow. Thank you for that. And thank you yeah. to your dad for doing that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, because it, it makes a lot of sense. It's just, and, right. and that is what, you know, we always try to, to say to, to families, even that your child knows how to swim, they can still drown because they can hit their head. It's just, they shouldn't be unsupervised in the pool. It's just, it's so many things and it's layers of protection. But thank yeah. you. And, and at the, at the yeah. time, um, the reason kind of he came up with it, the idea was because everyone is arguing. You know, instead of, okay. you know, implementing Working multiple together. layers, right, yeah. the, the people who did swim lessons were saying that was the solution. The people with alarms yeah. thought the alarms were the best solution. The fence people thought yeah. the fence was the best solution. And yeah. instead of, yeah. you know, trying to compete with all these different ideas, you know, he said, well, maybe you get them all. You know, maybe, maybe you do everything. Yeah. And, um, but it makes sense, you know, you know it's just... Yeah. Um, 
it, it provides time when a child is missing those layers and those layers maybe are not going to work because maybe the battery of the alarm is not going to, to right. work or the dark knock maybe was open and then the kids are going to be climbing the fence. Right. But if you have all these layers and also to teach kids, that is one of the things that we always, our programs, everything we talk about, never swim alone. The children are very good to understand the seatbelt. My children will not you know, allow me to start the car if they don't have their seatbelt, which is great, but we should have the same um, effect with the children about never swim alone. They should understand like they do with seatbelts that they should not never go by a body of water by themselves. Um, and, and I love um, that the, the new law in California um, implements literature protection. I don't know if you know that, but you know, the new law in California gives you seven options and you have yeah. to choose two of them. Um, two of them. To, to get your Where pool. In Florida, so and they went back to that in Florida two years ago, which I was not aware uh, well, yeah, that that um, happened. Yeah, July. It was a completely surprise. Yeah, July of last year. Um, yeah. They they now allow people to use a floating pool alarm. No alarm. It's just yeah no. It, we ridiculous. we met with our local uh, legislator, Catalina uh, right. Pasidomo. We met with Paul DeMel and our fire chief and the person from the department. How we all met with with her and asked her what happened, and and she explained that what she heard was from people seniors, people that have grandkids that why they needed to spend money from devices that they were going to remove after the inspection was done. Wow. And then Paul said, you know, my children drown in the grandparents' pool. I mean, you never know, even if you don't have, you know, children, maybe your grandchildren or great-grandchildren are going to be visiting you, and it could take only the first time, as we all know. Uh, but, and, yeah, and very sad, hopefully Florida can lead, you know, what, I can follow what California did. Yeah, I remember when I learned about that change because I didn't know about it either. You know, Paul was one of the first people I called yeah. and, and he couldn't believe that, you know, we, yeah. we, we live in breeze pool safety in Florida. Yeah. And we never heard um, about it. And, and we never, if we didn't know about it, then nobody did. Oh. You know? and, and that is, and that, and that is what I said to her, I said, but why? And she said that she will have liked, you know, to hear from people like us. Mm -hmm. And we're like, yeah, but nobody knew about it. Nobody is just yeah. kind of you know, sneaky. I was told that it kind of slipped in at the last minute and, yeah. you know, people had 24 hours to respond and it was very, you know, I'm still not 100% sure exactly, you know, what the story was about how it progressed. Um, yeah, me, me neither. But, yes. but, I, but I know it's bad. Um, and I know yeah. that, you know, the, the law was great in 2001. It was perfect. Yeah. Um, it required yeah. a four-sided barrier to isolate the pool from the home. It had to have a self-closing, self-latching gate that had to be four yeah. feet tall. Um, and then slowly over time, the law has been eroded. So first they took the yeah. gate away where you didn't have to have a gate anymore. And then they said, instead of a gate, you could have door and window alarms, but they had to be hardwired. So they had to be, yeah. you know, wired into the electrical system of the house. So you couldn't turn them which, off, which that's plus it makes sense. Right. Yeah. So right. expensive. And, right. Yeah, exactly. No, so people just... mostly still got a pool fence. Um, yeah. uh, and then they said that you could have the door and window alarms, but battery that became the new okay. option. Um, and so it's not great, but still at least prevention, right? The alarm goes yeah. off before you get to the pool. And and now the new, you know, no. the new thing, you know, each time I'm, I'm sad the law is getting worse, but this is the worst one. No, uh, and, because, and the thing because is now, 
now the kid's drowning before the alarm goes no, off. And, and we lead and we lead the nation. It's just like, yeah. and we said that to her and I say, why do we want to have that title in right. Florida? Yeah. Uh, and it's preventable, you know, and I'm glad that the Water Smart Florida is, you know, um, Scott from the YMCA Alliance is heading up. And I'm part of that, you know, uh, tax force group and, and, you know, Liz and so many KC, so many people, uh, experts around the Florida, you know, I, I'm so excited. At least I feel that we see a, a light right, yeah. <laughs> coming up. Um, yeah, we need that. I know the, we need to get that law put back, you know, at least how it was a year ago, you know. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that, that yeah. law in Florida is disgraceful, especially, you know, our law was so good that all of the yes. other states around the country copied our law. Um, and now if they copied it, I'd be embarrassed. You know, it'd be bad. It's just, yeah, no, it's just like, but maybe that is, that will be something that maybe we can together because, you know, no one person can do it, you know, sure. just together, different our people around the the, the state can do it. Uh, the new president from Kiwanis, that is going to be the president from the state of Florida. He lives here in Collier County. He used to be in, in our coalition board. I asked him, I said, can you guys take drowning as one of the, the goals in your uh, year that you're going to be a president? They have the, every child is a swimmer, the Kiwanis do. And it looks like they are going to do that. Uh, okay. They have their conference in August. And, and they have Kiwanians in every part of Florida, and of course in the in, in United States and the nation too. But maybe that would be something that we can say to them: Can you help us? You know, maybe to to figure out, you know, for the legislators in Florida to pass, uh, uh, you know, stronger you know, law that talks about the layers of protection, similar what Florida, uh, California did last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah, California nailed it. You know, and I know that was yeah. um, because of. Nadina Rigsby and Marsha Kerr and all the other people out there that, that worked on that law. Um, you know, Marianne Downing, who uh, I'm Marianne, a giant fan of. Yeah. I love her. She's great. Um, you know, all, all those people did a phenomenal job out there. And, you know, we, we need that law out here. You know, it's it's yeah. the uh, you know it's the best law in the country so far, you know, by, by a long shot. It's just for me, it's like, why? Why do you, you don't see the numbers? It's just that is why uh, it's so surprising that, you know, we can we can reduce those numbers if, right. if we, we have the law in, in, in implementing also education. But the law, you know, we just have to because like when I had my children later, I was not aware, you know, about the drowning rates. And I didn't know about, you know, that you had to have the baby fence and we didn't have a pool. Um, but some of my friends that had the pool didn't have none of these layers mm -hmm. and, uh, because people are not aware, unfortunately, because it's not, you hear in the media, the drowning deaths, but it's not, uh, I hopefully it's getting better with the education that some organizations, you know, around the, the state is doing. Um, yeah. I mean, if you saw a baby, you know, not in a car seat, you would freak out, right? Yeah, and, and, and anybody would be like, you're a terrible parent. How would you do yeah. that? Yeah, that's awful. No, no. But but if you yeah. see a pool without a fence, you, no. you don't have the same reaction. No right? reaction. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't know if it's you who has said a pool. Somebody has said it. You don't own a car without a seatbelt. Yeah. You should not own a pool without a fence. Yeah, I've been it, saying that for years. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Because it makes sense, right? Um, yes, especially especially because more kids drown in pools than die in motor vehicle accidents. I know, uh, I know, so, I know. So the pool is actually even more dangerous, you know. Dangerous, yeah. Yeah. And, I, I, and kudos I, I, to the to the motor vehicle, you know, industry right. and safe kids. They have done a great job with the seat belts and the car seats. Definitely what they're doing is working. But guess what? Drowning continuously in 
you know, drown, you know, they, 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 they didn't cause of death for children ages one to four. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's, that's the but, big one. So I, I would yeah, like to see yeah. them implement that, um, you know, where the windows roll down when it gets too hot in the car. I think that would, that would oh, help. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, so, so what else? Um, I kind of, I distracted you. What else is the yes. coalition up to? Yeah. One, one, one of the things that we did and we still uh, are very um, proud is that in 2014, we broke the Guinness World Record for the largest swimming lesson in a single oh, wow. venue. That's cool. Uh, it, it was the worst day of my life. <laughs> uh, having We had 1,308 children, most of them were children, in the water park. Wow. Uh, Paul DeMille participated and it was so awesome because uh, the world um, largest swim, the, the world largest swimming, you know, they were we were communicating with them the entire day because they knew that we were trying to to break the Guinness World Record for the single venue. Yeah. And uh, when we told them, yeah, this is the total number uh, of people that we had, of course, we needed to send all the paperwork and all the uh, witnesses people were in the 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 process was a, a, a nightmare nightmare and, and not really but it was very interesting and we learned right. a lot like we had to have a, a helicopter the sheriff's the sheriff's office helicopter had to take aerial pictures of wow. the the water park we had to send that to the world largest swimming um you know for them to send that to the guinness world record but on that afternoon at 5 p.m uh, they were getting ready to release um, a press release nationwide saying that it looks like uh, San Fon Lagoon, that is the water park, that we broke the Guinness World Record. And they asked me to send pictures. And I sent a couple. We have professional photographers. And we I sent one from Paul DeMille. And I saw that he just commented. And, and it was Paul uh, teaching because he was teaching swimming. It was just amazing. The picture is oh. just Beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. Uh, a pole teaching uh, a, a month to other instructors and other kids. It was just a beautiful day, you know, definitely a nightmare of a day because we were treating all the kids that didn't know how to swim because we didn't know we were not going to be able to, to do a, an assessment. But we had over 300 volunteers, over 50 agencies involved. And we still we still hold the record. Uh, and I don't think nobody's going to be that crazy to, to try to break it. Um, one of the, the new things that we just started was uh, a year and a half ago was having a Stewie the duck. We purchased the, the costume and now Stewie goes all around uh, our schools and preschools. Um, and it has been, the response has been fascinated. Uh, the kids love Stewie and the, and the simple messages that Stewie uh, tells in the two books that they have. Uh, and also the free app is just, I feel that now the, the kids are getting the message in preschool, the parents, when they go to the pediatrician, uh, it's just, and, and again, we don't know where the message is going to definitely uh, sink in, in, in people's heads uh, when families, because again, it happened to me and it happened to so many families that don't know, you know, all the things that is not going to happen to you. Um, and I, I, I feel love, that is I, what we, yes. I, I love Stewie the Duck. Stewie the Duck is great. Um, Yes. I'm not going to say, uh, I, I would be wrong if I said that Stewie the Duck was my favorite, but he might be my favorite. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. They <laughs> are awesome. I mean, and Josh, they are yeah. awesome. Right. You know, yeah. we, you know, they are wonderful. And the thing is, um, the kids understand, you know, and they get the message because it's simple and, and understandable. The life jacket, they never swim alone, swimming with, you know, with an adult. It's just, it's definitely a reinforce of what we keep saying, but in a fun uh, easy way to understand and learn it. Absolutely. Yes. And, yeah, and yeah, anything, yeah. Else you got, anything else you guys are up to? No. That's it? No, that's the, I, just, I mean, that's a lot. Uh, yeah. 
like tomorrow we have one of the uh, parks and recreation pools are hosting a, a free water safety day. Uh, and that is part of the International Water Safety Celebration that it happened May 15. Uh, we had all the public schools and all their agencies at least doing something or wearing the sticker. There are a lot of things that I always say to, to, to new organizations when they're starting. It's a lot of things that you can do that doesn't even require money, like ask the county or the city to proclaim May as water safety. You know, I always give copy of the sample of the proclamation that we use the verbiage. Um, you know, the, the water safety booklet, the, the smart, uh, the, the water smart baby booklets, that was something that it was very easy to do. It was, and I will be more than happy if anyone that is listening, I will be more than happy to send you the InDesign file that you can add the local information and ask, as a sponsor, we love to pay for that because the logo is in the back. And then if you can get one or two pediatricians leading them, it's just, that is for me, it's a powerful um, program because the pediatricians are telling their, their their moms and dads, okay, do you have a pool fence? Do you have an alarm? Do your children know how to swim? Mm -hmm. They are the ones, and sometimes we believe more what the pediatricians, uh, and it should be, the doctors have a, a, a powerful, um, you know, message that sometimes the, the parents, we listen more to them than to any other uh, people. So, you know, what advice would you give to someone, you know, say somewhere else, New York, you know, California, Texas, you know, looking to start a coalition like, like you did, you know, what, what advice would you give them? Yeah, I will, I will say one, definitely call, call as many partners as you can have them involved from the beginning. I think that yeah. is one of the things that it helped us tre tremendously was that we had the two hospitals, the first responders, EMS, fire department, the sheriff's office, the YMCA, parks and recreation. We had them all involved. Uh, because for me, they are the experts. I'm, I'm not the expert. They are the experts. They are the ones that respond. They are the ones that teach the families. But from the beginning, we said we have to have them all in the table. And then the data driven, you know, the, uh, because, for example, we don't have uh, that. We haven't had in a knock wood. We haven't had a dead in the Gulf of Mexico of a child. We don't have the rip current situation like in the East Coast does. I mean, and we talk about rip current because when the families go in, in for vacationing to the other coast or to Cancun or to other places where rip current happens, we want our families to understand what to do. But we are not going to concentrate it too much in, in that here locally because our drownings happen in residential pools. We have had a lot of them uh, visiting visitors, people that are, come and rent homes they are not used to it, like from Chicago, that don't have a, a pool in their apartments or in their, uh, no apartment buildings or their uh, homes, and they come here and they don't understand the layers of protection. Now, because we know that some of those deaths happen in tourists, now we are working with the Tourist Bureau in, 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 in some of the rental communities and things like that. But I will say one is to, to get the agencies involved from the beginning and also the data and then look for best practices out there. It's wonderful organizations and coalitions doing amazing things. Just ask them, ask around, like we did with Broward. And, and also attend the NDPA conference. You know, every time that I go, I always learn or connect to somebody that is going to help us to bring a new initiative in Collier County. And you don't have to reinvent the wheel. There are wonderful things that can maybe meet the needs of your community. I will say you are not by yourself, you know, through NDPA, the Diversity and Aquatics, so many organizations out there, they are doing amazing things that they will be more than happy to help you. 
um, to start anything. But, and the other thing is you always give credit. You know, that is my biggest, biggest, um, no concern, but I always, when we do an event, we always tag them in our social media and the flyer, we always use their logo with their permission, but they always, always, and sometimes we have like 40 logos in, right. in an event, but you know, but those are the, without them, the event will not exist. Right. Um, and also do a strategic planning every year. We do it every year uh, to see what we need to change and, and also what the data is telling us. Uh, but it's doable. You know, like I said, I, my back, back, background, it was, and it was in psychology, then in public health towards tobacco prevention. It was no drowning prevention, but because I partner and I ask help from experts, um, now we were able to implement wonderful programs. In, and I will say we haven't created nothing new. It has been everything other um, communities have implemented with a great success. I mean, that's a great idea. You know, why, like you said, why reinvent the wheel? That's perfect. You know, I like that a lot. So, you know, I want to, I want to, wrap up and let you probably get back to work. Um, okay. So what, you know, if you could leave parents with one piece of advice, you know, to keep their children safe, and you know, we talked about SIDS, we talked about drowning, you know, what's one one more thing you want parents to know who might be watching? It just, I will say that always, um, you know, look when you go, when you buy a new house, or, or right now, when you when you get to your house, Try to 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 see the, the the risk that you have around your your house to see if something can create injury. Um, you know, when you travel, do you have a canal or lake or pool? It just always always think ahead. Of course, not be paranoid because you know we need to allow them to live. But right. always think about what can things that you can do, and always always teach them again. They never swim alone, and always look the body of water if the children are missing. That's perfect. I love that. And so where can people get a hold of your organizations? How can they find the, uh, the coalition? Yes, we have a website, mm -hmm. safehealthychildren.org. Okay. Or they can call me uh, directly on my cell phone, 239-537-3436. Uh, or info at safehealthychildren.org. And then obviously the NDPA is the NDPA.org. Yes. And, and you guys. is there. And both the NDPA yes. and the coalition have a Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff. Yes. So they yes. can find you there as well. Yes. All right. Well, perfect. Thank you so thank much. You. you were awesome. Thank I really, really you. appreciate it. Thank you. And thank you. Thank you for what you do, Eric, in yeah. Lifesaver Pool. <laughs> thank, thank you. Because I know you guys are saving many lives. Thank you. I, I really appreciate that. Thank you. And you have a, have a great day. Thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you. All right. Thanks, everyone. You guys have a great day. And we will talk to you soon.